2: Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady. George Allman has got the day off today celebrating his son's graduation from MCRD Boot Camp. So, Casey, thank you very much and congratulations. That's a a big deal and it's much appreciated. So, good morning. It's been a little warm.
3: You haven't said good morning yet. Oh, good morning. Good morning.
2: No, I
4: did. I said
3: good morning, San Diego. Well, not to us, usually. Oh, you're not in San Diego? Different county? Yeah. Different (laughs) planet (laughs) is (laughs) what what people generally tell me, but we'll go county today. Good morning. It has been quite warm, but... A lot warm. But it's been cool at night and yeah, that's the house true. doesn't it, get hot cuz the sun's low in the true. sky so it
2: does cool off at night that's the the saving grace of the uh, whole the whole thing i would say although it's supposed to start getting cooler this weekend yeah, it's supposed to be very
3: cool on monday and maybe 68 is the
2: high on monday yeah no oh, really yeah. and i heard possible showers too which is great cuz i'm playing golf so <laughs> well thank you
3: cuz we could use a, some showers we haven't yeah. had them for a while so i'm ready
2: that is true it's been what about a month or so and I keep seeing the I keep seeing El Nino pop up in the yeah the, in the headlines yeah so right. I think I think San Francisco's planning on getting uh, hit pretty hard. Oh, this they get winter. the
3: Pineapple Express when when uh, we well, have I haven't seen it. Church. I've
2: just I've just seen it. The it's it's all linked to El Nino. So we'll see what I, happens,
3: except for when it isn't.
2: Except exactly. for when it is. Well, I I think I told you I saw that one meteorologist. He was saying that you know typically during an el nino winter you know southern california gets a much wetter winter but sometimes it doesn't and then the la nina is usually drier but sometimes it's
3: wetter so
5: yeah.
3: <laughs> um it might be why it's weather, weather exactly. right because mm-hmm. it's weather or not it's going to happen yeah
2: <laughs> yeah i it, it's i don't you I, look I, at I, me like that you know I, I can it seems that the only thing that they can agree on is that El Niño is increased surface temperature of water, and La Niña is a decreased surface temperature of water. But they can't figure out what
1: and different with, things with, happen. They, and they and usually, and they, and
2: they can't and they can't figure out which way it's going to go with either one because it can go either way. Was from what that one guy was saying. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. It just seems it seems from the histor- history that I can remember, and I don't remember. An El Nino prior to 1978 or 79. When we was had that, that when we the, had
3: the big, was that an El really, Nino year?
2: Yeah. And, I remember that. And yeah, that, that that's the first time I remember it. And for, since then, any time that there's been talk of an El Nino, it's been a lot of water in the in the wintertime.
3: That uh, El Nino year, I was starting siphons in the backyard for the for my family. And sometimes some of that water that I was siphoning ended up, in me so i got (laughs) nice gamma globulin shots from dad after that what were you siphoning off water from the backyard to to get it over a hump and drain it out of the backyard oh and we were concerned about it's a well we were concerned
2: oh i remember my i remember going with my dad to um the lookout point that's on the east side of palm canyon and Presidio Park and taking pictures of the and it was the water was basically from Interstate Eight all oh, the way yeah. over to the other side and I don't think Friars Road was that section of Friars Road was in yet that okay. that the, the portion that goes west from Napa oh, Street right 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 yeah, yeah I don't think that was there yet um, yeah. but it was just it was water it was water the island, all yeah, the, the way across that, yeah. with a few little islands in it it right. was the the um, baseball fields were completely submerged yeah. I mean it was it was a lot of water. It was a lot of water. I think that was the year that um, Lake Hodges spilled over for the first time since like the 1950s too. So, wow. and they, I don't know that we'll ever see that again. Although I heard that they're going to replace the dam. So I don't. Are they going to build a new dam before they take the old one out, or what do
3: not know? But it would be nice to have more water storage in the county Absolutely and in true. the great state if we want to expand it just a touch.
2: Yes, that would be that would be ideal uh let's see we got garden classes today God, we're t- october 21st we are already two-thirds of the way through october it's crazy it it really is um in san diego it's October native planting with kelsey from moosa creek nursery october october um uh, i saw a sign for that out in the moosa creek section of the nursery the other the you other were there day, yesterday in- right well, I was there yesterday. I didn't see it yesterday. Oh, but oh, it, 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 earlier, since I was here the last time, I, I gotcha. I saw it, um, and then at nine thirty in Poway, um, it's a bonsai workshop with Richard Wright. Uh, that's an RSVP class. Do you know? Yes, if you there it? are
3: still a few spaces left. There's no charge for it, uh, but we do need to RSVP because we have limited seating for the workshop. Yeah,
2: and if you want to, if you want to purchase a plant. To start training as a bonsai, you can do that, or you can bring your own plant from home if you have one that you want to work on. Either we, we can do it either way, but give the nursery a call this morning to make sure you can get a seat. It is reserved; it is uh, reserved to fifteen people, but we did still have some seats available. So
3: that that class is at nine thirty, and the phones would be on at nine o'clock.
2: Nine, so you can give give us a call, and if you need the number, it's three49 zero zero uh i'll see what's going on next weekend it's going to be fall fruit tree care with chris in the san diego store at nine o'clock and in poway at nine thirty. it's going to be um garden tools and their uses with john clements from the san diego botanical garden so um if you'd like to stop in and see either of those those are, that's what's going on and i've got i got the botanical garden foundation stuff somewhere here and all in your notes, in my notes, my stack of junk. Uh, well, while you're, looking, well, maybe I did not bring that. While you're
3: looking for that, while you're not finding that. Oh, then I won't. You can. No, I was going to say it's the the
2: only thing that I could think of that was coming up is it's next weekend. I'm pretty sure um, is the fall orchid show and sale in Balboa Park with the San Diego County Orchid Society. Uh, if you want to check and see what they have going on in Balboa Park on a regular basis, the website is for the San Diego Botanical Garden Foundation, which is different than the San Diego Botanical Garden. It's, uh, it's sdbgf.org. And they have a list of everything that's scheduled to go on in Balboa Park. And then if you're interested in getting involved in any of the clubs or societies or plant societies that are in San Diego, and there's pretty much one for just about any kind of plant that you, that you can think of or that you like, um, they have a list of all those meetings as well. And they could all use some
3: new blood. Yes, they can.
2: For the most part, yes. Uh, that n- that never hurts. Uh, right now, we're going to go down to our San Diego store where James is waiting. Well, he's probably not at the store yet, but he's calling in. Uh-huh.
4: Good hey, morning, guys. James. How are you? Good morning, guys. How you guys doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. How are you? Hey, doing great. Doing great. Yeah, getting ready for... Uh a good day down at the nursery
2: yeah exactly we hope so yeah are you
4: yeah, good are morning marky yeah, i hear marky there yes oh, he's here. Yeah, i'm here <laughs> all right
2: yeah how's uh everything going up there it's going good it's going good slow down a little bit i think most of that's due to the heat but um we're, we're keeping busy getting ready for fall um that's about yeah, it yeah what?
4: we got all our uh, all our fall bulbs uh, going uh that's pretty much the the big deal going on right now are the bulbs
2: yeah, we still got a good selection of bulbs in the, in the San Diego or in the Poway store as well.
4: Did you get yeah, your
3: virginias you know, yesterday?
4: Yeah, I meant to talk about those. Those those are looking awesome, really nice and big. And uh, yeah, the Urgin- Urginias are in.
3: And, and did you know they changed the name on them, James? They're now drymias.
4: I saw that. I thought that was kind of weird, but they, you can still call them the sea uh, squall. That's
2: yeah, that's true. They didn't change the botan- <laughs> they didn't change the common name. Yeah, it's the yeah, giant they didn't
4: change the common name. Yeah,
2: giant sea squill, which is a it's a pretty cool plant.
4: Really cool plant, especially when it blooms and it does real good on the coast as well.
2: Yeah, very drought tolerant as well. You, you can yep. they'll grow in some pretty pretty garbage soil um and the foliage on them is actually the foliage Beautiful. on them is actually really pretty when when they leaf out after the blooming cycle. A,
3: a lot of people reach out for those bulbs when they're in leafed out, right. not knowing yeah. that they're going to drop that foliage in another couple of months cuz it usually drops down around April. But up until then yeah. it was a gorgeous lush looking plant.
4: Yeah, we got those in and and they're looking really good ready to plant.
2: Um have you had any interesting pest problems come through the store down there?
4: Uh, you know, I've been seeing a lot of caterpillars on uh, deciduous trees as they're starting to, to, you know, kind of die back. Yeah, there's and there's
2: one that gets on the liquid ambers that I saw, red hump the red hump caterpillars, and they can
4: the, the the liquid ambers have just been getting tore up.
2: Yeah, they can get decimated by <laughs> those. <clears throat> Although at this time of the year, <clears throat> you, you can spray it, but yeah. with like BT or something like that. But what what's the point? They're yeah, they're, yeah, just, exactly. they're they're just going to defoliate anyway. So.
4: Yeah, so we've kind of been recommending, like, you know, spin the or BT and then, mm-hmm. uh, putting the, uh, annual tree and shrub on, uh, come spring.
2: Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good course of action. That should take care of it next year. Although it doesn't seem to happen every year, it kind of goes in waves. Kind
4: of hit, hits hit and miss.
2: Yes, exactly.
4: Yep. And, uh, yeah, also, uh, you know, with the, uh, bulbs we got, our, our tulips and all that ready to go into, uh, refrigeration right now.
2: Yeah, that's true. Tru- cu- tulips yeah. and, um, Tulips and crocus. Cro- and crocus, except for the crocus sativus, I don't think need to be refrigerated. Um, and that's refrigerated, not frozen. You don't put them in the <laughs> freezer. You exactly. just put them in the refrigerator.
4: Yep. Yeah. And uh, and I, I, I believe our potatoes should be on the way. So if people want to um, reserve certain potatoes, you could call the store. And uh, we have a list where we could put you on the want list.
3: I just got an email last night about that. They're going to ship next week, so hopefully we will have them by next weekend. Although last year, the same freight company took them east before they came west, so it took longer than normal. So it might not be till the following week, but we have 40, I'm sorry, 20 varieties of potatoes that'll be here within the next 2 weeks. Wow,
6: that's a lot awesome. of potatoes.
3: That's a lot of potatoes. A lot of people asking for them too. That's, so uh Yeah, it's
6: true. Yeah, they
2: become yeah, much popular. So,
3: yeah, mo- you want them. Much
4: more yeah, popular. You can just reserve them.
6: Yeah, they're easy to grow. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: Yep. And uh yeah, we have Kelsey coming down uh this morning from Musa Creek Nursery and she's going to be talking about all sorts of native plants and uh yeah, I believe they're highlighting oak
2: trees uh in October. That's what it sounds like. October. Yeah. Yep. yep.
4: <laughs> uh, October.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, James, All right, th- yeah. thank you very much for getting up early and calling and let us know what's going on in San Diego. We greatly appreciate it.
4: Hey, great to hear from you guys, and have a good uh, rest of the show. You hey, too. Easy, Jimmy.
2: We'll talk to you right. soon. Mm-hmm.
3: Bye-bye. Take uh, care. Bye-bye.
2: Uh, that was James Flynn, uh, store manager in uh, in San Diego. And
3: stealing my seed
2: potato thunder. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We-, we could talk about that a little more. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to give us a call here at Garden Talk, it's 888-344-1170 is the number we're going to be back right after this.
1: Get your gardening questions answered by calling 8883441170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 344 1170 Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman.
2: And we're back with more Garden Talk here on kcbq and kprz i almost forgot where we were there for a second um, we were talking uh, james had brought up the uh the seed potatoes
3: and hopefully with the you were talking about sprinkles they think because of the the marine layer and our winds are going to be switching around to the westerlies for this next week that it's going to be cooler and it's going to be at least drizzly over most of the county from sunday into monday plus some measurable precipitation in certain areas so raindrops. That was the, there. We go. That's, that's why Brandon good, put that song in there.
2: A good tie-in there. Uh, yeah. So we, we have twenty, 20 varieties, twenty of who knew there seed were that potatoes. many potatoes.
6: It's so true.
3: And that's only a, a portion.
5: Oh yeah. But.
3: And these are certified G two seed potatoes, so they're clean and special. Well, we were we were talking about it during the break,
2: and I remember when we used to get seed potatoes from. When we used to get seed potatoes from our old bulb supplier, who's long gone now, David's in Royston, uh, we would get a box of basically hacked up potatoes with that yes. were dusted sulfur. with some kind with sulfur or some kind right. of fungicide, uh, but they all had one eye on them, and that was that was all you needed back right. then. Although I, you can do that now. I, you still, you, you but, can yeah. you can do that still, but I. It just seems to me that if you're if you're going to be cutting up a potato to put it in the ground the risk of it rotting rather than growing is probably greater than just taking a small potato.
3: May I offer into, a contrary opinion? G- sure. I used to think that as well, but it doesn't matter what happens to the flesh of the potato as long as there's as long an as eye there, the eye's going to take off and I didn't realize okay. that until just a couple of years ago. Well,
2: you know that makes sense because with tomato plants you can plant tomato plants deeper into the soil than the root ball is and they will root out from the side of the stalk and since potatoes are in the same family that would make sense if you have an eye that's growing that that eye is going to put roots out it's not going to root from the potato no
3: the, it's the stem it's, it's the, the stem. eye that yeah and that's all okay. that you have to have and i i didn't realize that until just a couple of years ago
2: yeah we well, see I'm my po- eyes were open <laughs> i'm not a i'm not a potato farmer so i wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. have known that nor am I. I don't think I've ever grown potatoes. Oh, they're so. Well, that's. I've grown them They're pretty they're easy. So you, should, you should. What I, that's why I. They're, the they're quite Irish, gratifying. The Irish did
3: it. I'm just if kidding. they. Oh.
2: Yeah, I have a friend of mine in Scripture Ranch. She gets
3: a ridiculous amount of potatoes every yeah, year. Yeah. They grow like crazy. Grow. Yeah. Just uh, before anybody complains, your last name is what, Mark? Oh, Mahade. So yeah, it's I'm okay. Irish, yeah. Yeah. okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Do you want me to list off 20 varieties or just say. No, you could go. Why don't you go ahead and list them? I'll do it very quickly concisely. Russian Banana, German Butterball, Viking Purple, French Fingerling, Colorado Rose, Kennebec, Purple Majesty, Uh uh-oh, binged, B-I-N-T-J-E, Binge, Binge? Anyway, I won't get stuck on that. Russet Burbank, Clearwater Russet, Ranger Russet, Yukon Gem, which I am told Yukon Gem is a better gem than Yukon Gold, which we also will have. Yukon Gold, hmm. Norland Dark Red, Sangre, Red Pontiac, Huckleberry, All Blue, Amarosa, and Austrian Crescent.
2: Hmm. Is it is it more potatoey than the other potato? It's
3: more potatoey than the next leading <laughs> right. brand. Yes,
6: it, it is kind of cool with the potatoes because they have the different colored potatoes too. And yes, it the is, purple ones are amazing. Yeah, the purple and the blue. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's. Interesting. Yeah, the variant,
3: And they all grow different sizes, right. and they make a Finger nice medley. And, yeah, it's true.
2: So those are going to be in both stores within the next two weeks, you said? Yes,
3: they're yeah. supposed to ship early next week, and I would expect they're going to have to be inspected when they get here, so it'll probably not be until the fa- – they, they may not make it for this weekend. It'll okay. probably be next weekend. Okay. Uh, we'll see. If you
2: want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. The other thing that we have coming in, too –
3: onions oh yeah well but those are a couple of weeks away don't you prematurely no i I, I, I didn't say they were going to be here tomorrow
2: i said but they're yes the the sweet onion starts the the short day the the short day starts so these are the bundles of bare root onions which are tasty
3: and they are they're so easy and so good to do that way they are and i found a new place this year where i'm going to try them again where they'll get sun and maybe not have gophers but I don't know. We'll we'll give it a go. I've started preparing an area in my backyard for them, but we expect them to ship the 13th of November. So we should have them by Oh, night. so
2: it's like three weeks out or yeah.
3: so. Yeah. We should have them by the end of the both stores should have them by the end of that week and we will have the the Texas Giant, what's it called? The Granix? No. No, we're going to have the Texas We're going to have yellow Granix uh, Texas 1015. But Texas Legend. Oh, wow. Legend was the one that Jacques insisted we get last year because it grows bigger bulbs. Hmm. And so each store is splitting a case of the Yellow Granex, the White something, the Red something, and the Texas 101.5. We're splitting the numbers. But each store is going to have its own case of Texas Legend oh. per Jacques. So... I think that's what I'll plant this year. I always want to get all the different colors, but the some of the, the like the reds don't bulb as much and so why not just get the bigger onions
2: well and then when you're buying them in the starch you buy a buy a lot of them yeah you do. Yes, you, you get do. quite a, quite it, a few of them so yeah it it's a lot so <clears throat> just pick your favorite and go with that. You probably have a whole season's worth of onions out of that too
3: well, if any of them survive the go first and and me taking you care know, of them just Good just point. sitting in your backyard before you
2: plant them well i mean
3: well that too <laughs> but this time i'm going to be ready for them i've put water on this fallow area and i've got the i'm i'm moving forward i'm listening to those guys on the radio on yeah, saturday they, and it's inspiring me you're going to are you
2: going to turn all the weeds in that uh grow in the area that you're starting to water now well
3: they they're going to come up very quickly i would think um, so but they do better with some food and some right. de- decent soil, but they will well, survive.
2: Amazingly, that. most plants do. Well, that's
3: true. <laughs> Captain Obvious, is that what it, you just it, said? Well, that's Maso Manos?
2: What, what's, what's the best fertilizer? The, the one that you use. Oh, so. Not the one on the floor in the garage? <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if that's the one you use, then that, that, that works out very if well. You if it. you use it. If you use it. A little bit of bad news in the plant world. There was a confirmed case of... CLAS positive adult ACP detected in Valley Center. Now, that was not, it was not detected well, wait, in wait, before any you go
3: to that, the adult ACP is the Asian citrus psyllid, yes. the spreader of citrus HLV greening disease, v- the the Huanglongbing. Yeah. There's so, an infected bug they have found. They have
2: found an infected bug. They have not found an infected plant.
3: Do you know, yes. unfortunately, why that most likely is?
2: Because it came from an infected
3: plant? Because it takes much longer to determine that oh. the plant's infected than it is the bug.
2: Oh, no, that's true. So, so it
3: may be there. It probably mm-hmm. it probably is there. And just one more reminder, not to move citrus, stems, yeah. leaves, plants. Fruit. Anything. Fruit Any- around the county. <laughs>
2: yeah, don't move it. And if you have a problem with your citrus, please don't bring samples into the nurseries. Um, just take a lot of pictures of it. and Zoom in real close. We'll... We can usually figure out what's going on without actually physically seeing it, Uh, because we're we're doing everything we can to to keep it from spreading. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and all the all the citrus that you see in all the citrus plants that you see in nurseries across probably across the state at this point has to be treated at the grower before it is shipped, so they know that it's clean coming out. And and once you buy it, and for that and and for that reason, it's all citrus at our stores is final sale, right? right. We, we don't want to risk something getting infected and coming back and um, causing more issues.
3: That would be awful, spreading it around that way. Well, that's the
2: scary thing. You start getting up into Valley Center. You know, Valley Center doesn't have nearly as much citrus as it used to, but right. you're, you're getting close, and Palma Valley is just, just over the edge of the canyon from there, and there's a ton of citrus down in Palma Valley right
3: now. Which is also a reason why we recommend... Spray. Treating and exactly. spraying your trees once Regularly. or twice a year, exactly. whether you see psyllid on them or not. Um, although I have not seen, I saw psyllid in the spring, maybe mid to late spring. But I haven't seen psyllid since. Then. I have, have never, guys?
2: I have never seen it at my house. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have I've either. never seen it. So I, I know what it looks like, but I've I've never seen it. Now scale and yeah, I, other insects. It, yes. I must have had an. I must have had a pretty big infestation of the. Uh, of the swallowtails because my two tangerine trees just got decimated. decimated. The full fo- I mean, something came in and just ate tons of foliage on them, and that's the only thing I can think of that could eat that much foliage. You know, would be the swallowtail caterpillar, probably.
3: And and we've had quite a few people concerned about those this year. I've gotten some pictures sent to me, and the caterpillars definitely out there. I've been noticing some eating on my tango mandarin. And every night when I go down with my flashlight, the tree starts moving, and I see rats in it. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't noticed it, that they were eating anything. Well, this morning there were three tangerine shells. Oh, just the outer shell was there, but they had eaten all the all flesh the flesh out stuff. of the inside.
2: Yeah. yeah. So if um, they did not, they have not increased the quarantine quarantine yet. area yet because they have not found. They plant to base that quarantine on. It'll it'll happen. I'm sure that's going to be...
3: It'll happen soon. And when we were talking about spraying, a lot of people have an aversion to spraying. The horticultural oil is just a light-grade mineral oil. It'll do a very good job of controlling things without... Poisoning anybody. It it,
2: it controls pretty much anything that's that's going to get on citrus.
3: Except for the leaf miner. Except for the leaf
2: leaf miner. If you happen to catch the leaf miner before it gets into the leaf, then it'll take care of it. I
3: I was noticing on some of my trees there's leaf miner damage. Then I sprayed, so I get clean leaves for a little bit and then more More leaf leaf miner miner damage because I didn't follow up with the spray in a timely manner. But you can certainly see... On the trees, when I sprayed with the Spinoza, yeah. with the Captain Jacks, it does stop it immediately.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> and per-
3: I'd followed up.
2: It's, it's very, very effective. If you'd like to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on Garden Talk. We'll be back with more right after this. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, if you'd like to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You had something you wanted to add about onions.
3: A couple of things. First, back to citrus. We assume when we talk about ACP and HLB that everybody knows what we're talking about. And I don't know that that's probably fair. So citrus is susceptible to a disease called Huanglongbing, which we abbreviate as HLB, for which there is no cure. And it is spread by Asian Citrus Psyllid, or ACP. And the Asian Citrus Psyllid has been ubiquitous in the county for, what, about 10 years now? At least. Yeah. But we had not had any of the disease for it to spread. But it is the vector. It is the bug that spreads the disease for which there is no cure. And now... What, uh, half a dozen years ago there was a tree found up in Whittier that had the disease. Mm-hmm. Somebody had brought in illegally imported some wood to graft and brought in the disease which is now spreading and they're trying to keep it under control and the only way we can keep it under control we we can help is by treating, treating and killing the Asian citrus psyllid and horticultural oil does a great job of mm-hmm. doing that.
2: Well there's there It wasn't too long ago they found a tree up in Santa Paula.
3: Is that's it, the Ventura tree. The right? Ventura yes. tree. Yeah,
2: the Santa Paula. And then they found two in San Diego. There's one in Oceanside and one in Rancho Bernardo. Uh
3: yes. Yeah. yeah well more than there were two two sites and there are two quarantine areas in the county. Yeah. Soon I'm guessing there will be a third quarantine area up in the Escondido area. And all of the infected trees thus far. In the state that have been discovered have been in backyard orchards, backyard growers. None of the commercial yeah. growers have it because of their more stringent diligence and diligence. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that is why we ask, yeah, very do, nicely. Do what you can do. Yeah, well, you know, it's, your
2: trees. It's interesting. The the in the quarantine areas, it's not just the plants, but it's the handling and the packing of the fruit. Right. I mean, it's. It's, have- it's incredibly comprehensive what they're doing to try to get
3: this under control.
6: And it's just think about it. Yeah. I mean, if we don't get it under control, it's devastating.
3: It's going to destroy David's citrus, and we well, don't want that to happen.
6: Exactly. That's what I was thinking.
3: And we were talking about the onions. The onions that we're getting in in the starts are short-day onions. Sorry about your elbow.
6: Yeah.
3: Uh, which are the best onions, even though we don't think about Southern California being a short day area because we have so much sunshine, we have shorter days during the summer months than the northern states, and so onions are graded as short day, intermediate day, and long day onions. And most of the onion sets, the bare root, uh, not the bare root, the bulbs that you buy in the stores are intermediate or long day onions, and they will grow here and they will bulb here, and uh, they're great for green onions. They just don't bulb as well here as they do in the northern tiers and the short day onions do really well here but they don't store as well and they don't make bulbs that you can ship around the country as onion sets for people to plant so that's the differences fair enough okay okay now you may go ahead all right if you want to
2: give us a call today 344-1170 is the number we're going to go out to el cajon where laurie is waiting good morning laurie thanks for holding what can we do for you
6: Good morning. Um, my first question has to do with mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been told when I have mushrooms in my garden, there's something wrong with the balance in the soil. Um, but I listened to you guys, and I got the microbial inoculant for the microbial activity in my soil. And I got the, I think it's called mycos, to mm-hmm. inoculate my soil. And now I have the funkiest, weirdest, weirdest, mushrooms growing in my in my garden. I mean my plants look awesome, but these are some weird mushrooms. So am I doing something wrong? Is it just the fruit from what I of the inoculant? Um,
5: I, I am you know. so
3: sorry that George is not here on the morning when a caller comes in and says microbial activity. That's George's big phrase. <laughs> and it's it's sad that he's not here for that, but I'll make sure he knows Mushrooms are going to grow when the conditions are right: temperature, humidity, light, and a host, uh, which is usually wood,
2: something decomposing, decomposing Roots, in the soil, wood. Um, it's it, it, it's it's the the spores have uh, have gotten into something that is starting to decompose, and they're and they're just going to hasten the decomposition their, of of that it's it's just the natural thing they're breakdown I, fungi the, that's what the they micro do. the microbial the microbial soil microbes that you add i do not believe are fungus related so it's a it's a, it's a different ty- it's a different different type of entity why you got us why you got a, some really funky mushrooms growing now i don't know um, but the spores are airborne, and David and I can attest to that. And we will after this, <laughs> after your call. Um, but I typically with typically with mushrooms, sometimes if you change the pH of the soil and you make it more acid, that will control them. The other thing you can do too, which is actually pretty effective, is as soon as you see them start to come up in the garden, try to pick them before the before the heads open up completely and release their spores. And if you do that on a regular basis, you can. You minimize can you them. can you can minimize it, um, but unfortunately there there's no there's no fungicide that I know of that we have that's, that, labeled, that's that. labeled that's labeled that's labeled to control mushrooms. mushrooms.
3: Yeah. What is suggested is you take the growing area out of their range, which is what the acid is. If they like the pH that's there now, if you acidify the soil, you may take the soil out of the pH range that they like. But they are part of the circle of life as the breakdown of the wood in the soil
6: okay um this is not at my not in my yard it's i have a school um garden and there are trees around us and the there was a wood mulch in the area where we put our um raised beds Mm -hmm. we moved it all around so maybe that's what is breaking down that was underneath
3: very problem easily easily could could be yeah
2: could be
6: because these mushrooms they get bigger than my hand I mean, yeah they're, i've they're
2: seen I, my neighbor's got some of those growing in her front yard right now and you can the way that they're growing you can she had a she had a big queen palm removed uh, a couple of years ago and you can see in the lines that they're they're coming up from the root system the leftover the leftover root system that was that's still in the soil that's decomposing that's where those mushrooms have attached themselves um, and it's it's pretty clear what what's going on.
6: Yeah, it's just weird because I have I have six raised beds and they're only coming up out of one. So that's why I wasn't sure what was going
2: on. Yeah, that's probably it, it, there's 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 something in that one bed that they seem yeah. to particularly like, and the and the conditions are are right for it. And it, and it and for what it, whether whether it's the growing conditions or the lack of a host for them to be to be growing on, that's probably what's going on with the other two. So, but like like I said, as soon as you see them start coming up, if you can uh, if you can pull them out before the before the heads open up and release the spores, you will eventually get ahead of it. You could also, you know, if you're growing vegetables, you could acidify the soil a little bit with some soil sulfur, and it's not really gonna. I don't think it's gonna affect the, the vegetable plants very much, but it may be enough to keep them from from being happy.
6: Yeah, that's yeah because we're we're putting in our our. our um our leaf crop right now and our root crop. And keeps kids keep going, we eat them? Nope. Um, okay. Well, I have a, another quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, at my house, I have a um, potted ficus tree. And um, because some really cool guys told me to uh, use worm castings only for fertilization, not as a top dressing to, uh, to uh, control white fly. Um, I did that and the white fly on my ficus kind of went away mm-hmm. but now they're back. Um what should I, what what can I use on the ficus to get rid of them right now?
2: It's in a container you said? Yes. I would probably use the houseplant granules. Right. It's a systemic it's a systemic insecticide granule that you sprinkle over the soil and as you water it in, it takes a little while because it has to move through the plant, but it's absorbed through mm-hmm. the root system and it'll go through the entire plant and it will kind of protect the plant from the inside out as the as the whitefly continue to once the plant is fully charged with it as the whitefly continue to feed, they will intake they will intake that insecticide and it will kill them off and it use, and it controls for the granules are different i think it's about 6 6 to, six six to 8, eight, eight weeks. We, 6 yeah. to 8 weeks but that's usually enough to get the infestation so, under control right. and you won't have any and then you don't really have to if, if you want to keep doing it as a preventative measure as long as you keep up with it it will prevent the uh, reinfestation of the white fly otherwise you can just let it go until you start to see them coming up again and then treat it again
6: after that yeah, because these white flies, they it's not the stuff with the long, sticky um, strings. It's, it only seems to come in in the autumn right before the it, the leaves tend to go, and they just buzz around the tree.
2: Yeah, it sounds like so. the typical white fly we used to get all the time.
6: Okay. All right. Then well, I will use that. Okay. Thank you very Thank
2: much you for so the much. call, Laurie.
6: Okay. Bye-bye.
2: Goodbye. I can't I- remember the last time I saw a regular white fly. It's been a while. You know what used to, what they used to get onto? And actually, I haven't seen this in a while either. Is Anisodontia. Oh wow! They used to get into Anisodonta like like crazy. I haven't even. Thought yeah, of but it's ever. just Anisodonta. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, that's why I said I don't even think
3: I've seen an Anasodontia. <laughs> I, I don't know how long. My question: is going to be? Why not just put worm castings on it again? Well, you it worked the first time. You could right. do
2: that. Yeah. And you, you you will get some fertilizer benefit out of it i wouldn't use worm castings solely as a fertilizer, yeah. but you, it's certainly not going it's certainly not it's gonna certainly hurt not the gonna, plant it's plant not going to hurt it. you're going get some it's going to give it a little bit of fertilizer benefit um, but it also will uh, it also will help prevent infestation of white flying. Or and apparently it will
3: knock down a whitefly infestation. I as didn't well. know it. Would. I I'd never recommended it for ficus. Nor, nor only nor, only for hibiscus. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. Guess. no, it's, it's just, just hibiscus
2: and effect. just for the yeah. for the giant whitefly. Yeah. But it, you don't even see giant. Well, it was about a it's year. It's starting to it, it show up it again. Started to come back, yeah, but hibiscus, for it had been right. gone for a long time.
3: Yeah, I wonder what. I'm yeah. guessing that has something to do with the extended winter, doing something to perhaps a beneficial or a predator because we hadn't seen it for a long time and we've seen it this year on a regular basis.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting or interesting insect to be to be sure. If you want to give us a call today 888-344-1170 is the number you're listening to Garden Talk on KPRZ and KCBQ. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more right after this. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady. George Allman has the day off today. Um, interesting. California passed a law this <laughs> last week that reverses a portion of a 2015 law that banned municipalities in the state of California from uh, banning the use of artificial turf in landscapes as a water saving measure. So now city of San Diego or other municipalities can ban the use of artificial turf um in landscaping in favor of actual plants. Um and one of the ones that they recommended was Bermuda grass. Yeah. So and this is all because of because of the plastic, because the the forever chemicals that are in artificial turf, they're now concerned that it's going to be a problem in the long term. Having all these extra chemicals out so, in the so environment. So, so rip
3: out your expensive artificial turf and put in Bermuda grass now. Well, let's see, if they it's, asked if, you to put in. It. If
2: it's if it's 2015, that's what eight years ago. Yes, it's probably wearing out anyway. <laughs> so,
3: so okay, so you've got your your life, yeah, your you, you got you, your life cycle you, out of
2: it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not going to last forever, especially in high traffic areas. And I know there's a. There's a number of houses in my neighborhood that have it, and right you can definitely tell along the edges of the sidewalks, it's matted down, and people just from people oh, well, from stepping, on yeah, it. just from stepping on it, yeah, yeah. and it it oh. will mat pretty, it'll mat pretty quickly. So I've never been a huge proponent, fan yeah. of artificial turf. <sighs> I think in the, I think in the right setting it looks good, but it it doesn't, it doesn't look that good yeah all the time exactly. and we see a lot of we see a lot of um I don't want to say collateral damage but things that people don't realize
3: but, but sometimes we just don't take the time and think so grass is bad get rid of it yeah we'll put in this plastic that's good and we're not going to use water and I'll pound on the table <laughs> and it'll make noise um and well, now 8 years later plastic is bad get rid of it put in bermuda yeah. which I don't, I've always been a proponent of Bermuda grass. Yeah. Because, after I
2: did my backyard, I, I like it too. It,
3: but a lot of people don't, don't because it goes dormant. Yeah. But it, because it goes dormant, if it gets drought stressed, if you don't water it enough, it doesn't die. It goes dormant until right. you water it. Yeah. And it comes back. And then it comes back. Yeah. yeah but,
2: I have a I have a friend of mine that lived in, had a friend of mine that lived in um, Poway and he put in artificial, artificial turf in his front yard. And he had two Killed mature the, yeah. um, podocarpus trees, and the podocarpus trees started to suffer. So they took some of the they took some of the artificial turf out and redid the irrigation system to make sure that they would get water. Well, he said the podocarpus gracilior they drop foliage right on a regular basis. They're not deciduous, but they just they lose their they shed right. their older foliage. And he said the trees shed so much of their older foliage onto the artificial turf. The only way he could get it up was to run his lawnmower over it and suck up all the. Yard, oh, I thought you were going to tell me he was vacuuming so he, it. Exactly. So he said, "He said I have. He said I got a. I've got a fake lawn in my front yard. And He and said I it. still. I still have to mow it to keep the right to keep the photocarpus foliage off of it. So anyway,
5: <sighs> yeah,
2: I going. I'm not going to go there. So, yeah. It anyway. is yeah go ahead okay we've got phone calls we're going to we're going to Claremont where Shirley is waiting good morning Shirley how are you
7: I'm fine thank you how are you honey we're doing
2: well what can we do for you
7: well I have uh, uh I live in Claremont and along one side of my house along the entire side of my house I had fruit trees when I moved to the house I've been here 50 years moved in the house and I had uh two orange trees and then I thought, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll plant some more trees. So I planted a couple of grapefruit trees, and I planted a couple of lemon trees, and they were prolific. They were great. I, I gave the the, uh, the lot of the fruit, the Salvation Army, you name it. I had so much fruit. I had tons of it. I've got pictures of it. I'd wash it, and it would fill my kitchen. I had so much fruit. Then the, the first ones to die were the ones closest to the street. And then one by one, and I've been there 50 years, one by one, the trees died. First, the the two grapefruit trees, or the first, uh, the orange trees died. Then the two lemon trees died. And now I'm on my last grapefruit tree, and it's dying. I want to know what caused that to happen.
3: Do you got any ideas, David? Well, generally, it's care and culture. And generally, that comes down to food and water. And the older the tree gets, the less often it needs to be watered for a much longer period of time over a larger area. And fertilizing and mulching will help. And now that you're down to your last tree, I would start with a layer of fertilizer worm castings covered by mulch. And how are you watering these trees? Or were you?
7: Well, yeah. Uh, well, now I only I only have uh, the... Uh, <laughs> The, 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 I have two, the, the two uh, uh, grapefruit trees. Or right. How do you water specific. it? Uh, well, I have a sprinkler system, and it, it, I just turned my sprinkler system on, and it, I water them. I used to water them uh, once, depending upon how hot it was and, how sun, and sunny and everything. But anyway, how hot. Uh, I usually water them once a week, maybe twice a week. Is
3: that what you're and doing I- now? What are you doing now?
7: Well, that's that's what I'm doing now. Okay. I, I water them twice a week now, uh, and I usually water them about, uh oh, 10 or 15 minutes each time.
3: That's probably not long enough when you do it. So in a mature old tree like that, you probably want to water about a between 10 and 20-foot diameter circle under the tree long enough so it soaks down one to two feet. And that could be... Half an hour, hour, hour and a half. It depends on what kind of sprinkler you're using and how much water it's putting out. Um, the other thing that could cause it would be a, a scale infestation because it takes all the energy out of the plant no matter how hard you try and take care of it. Um, and so spraying with the horticultural oil once or twice a year should help take care of it. But I would consider watering longer when you water, and you shouldn't have to water more than about once every one to two weeks in the summer, but longer so it soaks down deeper.
7: Well, it's it, where I am now, it's alongside my house, and it's in a bed.
3: Okay. That's still, that's, that's a great place for it. So mulch it, feed it, and then water it longer, less often. Thank you very much for the call.
2: Thanks for the call, Shirley. Really appreciate it. Hopefully, you can get that under control. If you have any other questions, uh, feel free to uh, come into the San Diego store or give the San Diego store a call. We'd be more than happy to uh, be more than happy to talk to you. Uh, let's see. We're gonna try to go to San Carlos. Linda, how are you?
5: Hi. Good. Uh, I'll have two quick questions. One of them is with respect to dragon fruit. Uh, which is better because these are the two places I could put it in my yard where I water it once uh, twice a week versus once every two weeks
6: probably once every two weeks
3: twice a week twice a week they are they come from wet wetter areas sorry um, they like a moisture twice a week? They, they, you want them yeah. in the twice a week area
5: okay and then as far as fertilizer I've been using um, what I use for citrus trees and passion fruit um, I, whatever I fertilize those do that'd be I, fine. I use the same one
2: yep yep that should take care of it
5: okay and then I, I just have another question that um i keep getting these flowers that are beautiful but they don't turn into fruits the flowers just wilt and die and there's no fruit coming from it. Is uh, it going
2: on lack of pollination that something something's not pollinating it okay, um, so you I can, should
5: just pollinate it with like a paintbrush or something yeah, like that yeah.
2: yeah try hand pollinating it and see if that see if that changes it for you Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for the call, Linda. Have a great weekend. You too.
5: Bye.
2: Classes real quick. Classes in San Diego today. It's October native planting with Kelsey from Musa Creek Nursery, one of the best native growing native growing nurseries uh, around. And um, in San Diego, or in Poway, at nine thirty, it's bonsai workshop with Richard Wright. That is an RSVP class. We do have some open spaces. Give the store a call, 858-513-4900. At and we would, 9 o'clock. At, at 9 or 9.30? Nine
3: no, call it at 9 oh, o'clock. Call the, call the nursery be at 9 o'clock.
2: That's correct, yeah. The phones won't be on until 9 o'clock. Um, but we would, love, we would love to see you there. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back with another hour of Garden Talk next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.
1: On Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news still have a question for the garden talk crew or want to learn more about the show how to become a guest or sponsor send an email to ask an expert at walter that's ask an expert at walter or visit walteranderson.com. there's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on garden talk by walter anderson nursery